This episode of the OrthoBullets Audio Review Podcast will go over the topic of Lyme disease from the pediatric section on orthobullets.com. Lyme disease is a systemic infection with the spirochete Borrelia burgdorferi, which is transmitted by the bite of an infected Ixodes deer tick. Symptoms of Lyme disease are caused by neurologic, cardiac, and musculoskeletal manifestations, which are treated with antibiotics usually oral doxycycline for acute or mild disease. Lyme disease is the most common tick-borne illness in the United States. 19,931 cases were reported in 2006. Most cases occur in June, July, and August. Lyme disease tends to have a bimodal age distribution. Children 5 to 9 have 8.6 cases per 100,000 patients, and adults 55 to 59 have 7.8 cases per 100,000 patients. With respect to geographic locations, the areas with heavy deer population, like the Northeast, Midwest, and the Western United States, tend to have the highest rates of Lyme disease. Maryland to Maine is native to the Ixodes scapularis species. The Great Lakes region is also native to the Ixodes scapularis species, and the Pacific Northwest is native to the Ixoides pacificus species. The mechanism of transmission of Lyme disease is zoonotic, meaning transmitted from non-human animals to humans. Mice, squirrels, shrews, and other small mammals are carriers of Borrelia burgdorferi. The Ixodes tick feeds on these small animals, and the spirochete is carried in its gut. Humans become infected when bacteria is injected into the skin as ticks attach to feed. Transmission usually takes 48 to 72 hours. So again, the pathophysiology of Lyme disease is caused by Borrelia burgdorferi. The tick saliva with the spirochete disrupts local immune mechanisms, and it creates a protective environment and the bacteria replicate. Spirochetes multiply and expand within the dermis, causing erythema migrans, which is usually a bullseye-shaped rash caused by the host inflammatory response. The spirochete then undergoes hematogenous dissemination to multiple sites like the skin, central nervous system, and the joints, where it induces an inflammatory response. And this response in the joints can cause synovial hypertrophy, vascular proliferation, infiltration of mononuclear cells, and immune complexes that accumulate in synovial fluid. Borrelia burgdorferi induces chondrocytes to produce matrix metalloproteinases, which causes degradation of extracellular matrix proteins, collagen, and proteoglycans, and this may ultimately contribute to cartilage damage. The classification of Lyme disease is typically in three stages. Stage 1 is the early localized stage that occurs 1 to 30 days after the tick bite. Erythema migrans, the bullseye rash, is the hallmark sign. It may be found on the head, neck, arms, legs, back, abdomen, axilla, groin, and chest. Stage 1 may also involve flu-like symptoms, which may include fatigue, headache, and or malaise. Stage 2 Lyme disease is the early disseminated stage that has neurologic and cardiac manifestations, and this stage occurs weeks to months after the tick bite. Lyme disease progresses to stage 2 in 15-20% to of untreated patients. Neurologic symptoms can include cranial nerve 6 and or cranial nerve 7 palsy, lymphocytic meningitis, migratory polyarthritis or monoarthritis, tendinitis, and or bursitis. Lyme carditis is relatively rare, but when present, it may have a cardiac conduction abnormality. 
Symptoms can include syncope, fatigue, dizziness, shortness of breath, and or palpitations. Patients who enter stage 2 Lyme disease generally have a good prognosis with complete resolution following treatment. Stage 3 is the late stage and is the arthritis stage. It can occur months to years after the bite and occurs in 60% of untreated patients. The arthritis usually involves the knee and the swelling is disproportionate to the tenderness. Stage 3 Lyme disease can be characterized by intermittent arthritis and or chronic monoarthritis. Patients with stage 3 Lyme disease may also have acrodermatitis chronica atrophicans, which is a progressive fibrosing skin condition affecting the distal parts of the limbs, and it is the most common manifestation of the late stage of Lyme disease. So to quickly review, patients with Lyme disease have a history of a tick bite in May through November. Symptoms can include fever, headache, myalgia, arthralgia, and or fatigue. Neurologic symptoms can include headache, neck stiffness, and or encephalitis. Cranial nerve 7 or facial nerve palsy can be found bilaterally in 50% of patients, which is unlike the unilateral nature of Bell's palsy. Patients may also present with polyradiculoneuropathy, which can be characterized by numbness, paresthesias, weakness, and or cramps. Patients may also have carditis, which manifests as complete heart block. They can also have acute joint pain as well as acute or chronic arthritis. Physical exam of these patients show erythema migrans, the bullseye rash, in 60 to 80 percent of patients. This is an expanding rash greater than 5 centimeters in diameter and is typically found one to three weeks after a tick bite. It's usually associated with itching or burning and it fades after one month. It can be found at the axillary or gluteal folds, hairlines, and or near elastic bands like bra straps or underwear. Patients present with acute, self-limiting joint effusions of the knee and or shoulder, and these joint effusions tend to be recurrent. And acrodermatitis chronica atrophicans is again one of the most common conditions found in late-stage Lyme disease that is characterized by, quote, cigarette paper skin on the dorsum of the hands, feet, knees, and or elbows, and is typically seen in older patients. Serum lab findings for Lyme disease include normal or elevated white blood cell counts and elevated ESR and CRP. ELISA, or an enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay, is a sensitive, not specific test for Lyme disease, so that means it's good at ruling out Lyme disease and not so much at ruling it in. So if the ELISA is positive, the next step would be to order a Western blot, which is the specific test that's better at ruling in Lyme disease. Seroconversion can take weeks to become positive with ELISA. A prior Lyme disease diagnosis might cause persistently positive results, and vaccination may actually cause a false positive ELISA result. However, the Western blot will be negative, which is why it's important to order that test in the setting of a positive ELISA test. Willis et al. reviewed 10 cases of acute arthritis presenting as septic arthritis that were eventually diagnosed with Lyme disease. They recommend the rapid one-hour Lyme ELISA in areas where Lyme disease is prevalent to avoid unnecessary irrigation and debridement. Cerebrospinal fluid may need to be aspirated in patients with polyradiculitis and cranial nerve 7 neuropathy. An analysis may show increased protein and or lymphocytic pleocytosis. Joint aspiration and synovial fluid analysis may show 10,000 to 25,000 white blood cells per cubic millimeter, which is lower than in bacterial septic arthritis. P. 
PMNs predominate on differential for these patients. Skin biopsy culture can be done on Barber, Stoner, Kelly medium, and typically a skin edge punch biopsy from an erythema migrans lesion is used. PCR on synovial fluid has shown a high sensitivity in patients with untreated or partially treated Lyme arthritis, making it a helpful confirmatory test in these patients. The other major diagnosis on the differential for Lyme disease is bacterial septic arthritis. Milowski et al. review a cohort of patients with either Lyme arthritis or septic arthritis of the knee. They find that children with septic arthritis are more likely to have a higher peripheral white blood cell count, a higher joint fluid cell count, and are more likely to be febrile and refuse to bear weight more commonly than patients with Lyme disease. Jubin et al. present a review of the orthopedic manifestations of Lyme disease. They note that in stage 1 of the disease, serologies may be negative and that the tick is typically never found. The bullseye rash may also never be seen. They note that large joint effusions that are minimally painful, a proper history of being in an endemic area, and any neurologic symptoms should prompt consideration of Lyme disease. The treatment for Lyme disease is usually non-operative. Oral antibiotics are given for mild disease, and the indications are for patients in endemic regions who have symptoms of Lyme disease and if erythema migrans is present. These patients should be started on antibiotics even without blood tests. Adults are usually treated with doxycycline for 10 to 28 days. It's important to remember not to administer doxycycline in children less than 8 years old due to the risk of yellow tooth discoloration and dental enamel hypoplasia. Doxycycline is a first-line treatment for Lyme disease arthritis in adults and children over 8 years old. It works to inhibit protein synthesis by binding to the 30S ribosomal subunit. It also binds to the 50S ribosomal subunit, but to a much lesser extent. Both adults and children less than 8 years old can also be treated with amoxicillin and cefiroxime. IV antibiotics are typically given in Lyme disease patients whose symptoms are unchanged after oral therapy or in patients with arthritis and neurologic involvement. Medications can include IV ceftriaxone or cefotaxime as well as IV penicillin G. Operative management for Lyme disease in the form of a synovectomy is indicated for chronic arthritis not responding to IV antibiotics. Complications of Lyme disease include persistent joint pain and swelling despite therapy. Chronic Lyme disease is another complication characterized by disabling musculoskeletal pain, neurocognitive symptoms, and or fatigue, and finally, the rare complication of chronic arthritis. So to review, let's consider the case of a 10-year-old girl who has had non-traumatic swelling of the left knee for the past month. No other joints are swollen, and there is no history of fever, although the patient's mother does recall the child having a localized but expanding target-like rash a few months ago when the family was vacationing in Connecticut. Examination of the knee reveals moderate swelling with no tenderness and near full range of motion. The child lacks perhaps the final 15 degrees of extension and the final 20 degrees of flexion. Laboratory studies show a normal CBC count, but the erythrocyte sedimentation rate is 35 millimeters per hour, normal being 0 to 20. Anti-nuclear antibody tests and rheumatoid factor tests are negative. The most likely diagnosis in this patient is obviously Lyme disease, which is associated with the spirochete Borrelia burgdorferi, which is transmitted by an Ixodes deer tick bite. These ticks are endemic to certain areas of Connecticut and the Northeast United States. 
but also has been reported in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Northern California. Patients commonly present weeks to months after the bite with a migratory mono or polyarticular arthritis that develops with large, minimally painful joint effusions, most commonly about the knee. Lyme serologies are available but can be negative in early stages, so understanding the clinical presentation of the disease is crucial to make an appropriate diagnosis. The earliest presentation of the disease is manifested by erythema migrans or the bullseye rash, which is the classic expanding rash that occurs at the site of the tick bite and can develop within one week to one month after the exposure. Patients may also present with fever, fatigue, and or headache. Joint involvement with manifestation of Lyme arthritis can occur months to years after the initial infection. Most patients have single joint involvement with the knee being the most affected site. Lyme arthritis is a low-grade inflammatory synovitis that can present with a large and relatively painless joint effusion. The differentiation between Lyme arthritis and septic arthritis is often very difficult and has important treatment implications. Diagnosis is confirmed via an ELISA and Western blot test. In patients with Lyme disease arthritis and no carditis or meningoencephalitis, oral antibiotics are the first-line treatment. The most effective treatment is with a single four-week course of oral amoxicillin or doxycycline. If oral antibiotic therapy fails, IV antibiotics or arthroscopic synovectomy may be considered. That's all for this review of Lyme disease. This is the OrthoBullets audio review, a daily podcast by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Visit orthobullets.com or download the Bullets app on your iPhone or Android device for topics, questions, techniques, videos, and much more.